Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and this is a teaching ministry located here in Lynchburg, Virginia, that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go and open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 14, and we're going to be talking about the death of John the Baptist, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12 today. Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you, ask that you would bless the reading of your word today, that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand the things that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and look at verse number one. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus. Now we find in other scriptures that Herod was not only a Tetrarch, but he was the Tetrarch of Galilee. A Tetrarch was a Roman governor who was assigned a fourth part of a province. Now, Mark chapter 6 and verse number 14 that runs parallel to this, this uh, scripture here in Matthew, it tells us that he was a king as well. He's referred to as a king in Mark six fourteen, and King Herod heard of him for his name had been spread abroad. And then notice verse number two, and he said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Now Herod thought that because Jesus was doing such mighty works that he had to be John the Baptist come back from the dead. Now we found out earlier in John's ministry that many thought he was Elijah or one of the prophets. And of course, Herod here thinks he's John the Baptist come back to dead from the dead. But when John the Baptist first started his ministry, they asked him point blank, who are you? Are you Elijah or are you one of the prophets? And um, we find in Mark chapter number six, for example, Mark chapter number six and verse number 14. And King Herod heard him for his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead. Therefore, mighty works do show forth themselves in him. And others said, this is Elias. And others said that it is a prophet or one of the prophets. So why did they think that he was Elijah? Because Malachi, the book of Malachi, which is the last book in our, our Bible, in Malachi chapter four, verse number five, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So some thought, well, this surely must be Elijah. And others, of course, thought he was a prophet. And again, they were alluding back to Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Now notice in verse number 3, And, and Herod laid hold on John and bound him and put him into prison for Herodias' sake. And Herodias was his brother Philip's wife. Now, right there, something should, a little red flag ought to pop up. For John had said in him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. So Herod was, had taken his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, and John had confronted him about that. Now, the fact that Herod now in verse number one is telling us that, that he thinks John the Baptist has come back from the dead 
maybe his conscience is beginning to gnaw on him because as we're going to find in the text, he was responsible for John the Baptist's death and imprisoning him and then killing him for his wife. Okay. Because he didn't like John because, or she didn't like John especially because he had told them that it was not lawful for Herod to have her to marry his brother's ex-wife. And of course, John, knowing the Old Testament, being an Old Testament prophet, if you will, and some would even say a New Testament, I, I would disagree with that. He was an Old Testament prophet. New Testament, New Covenant did not begin until the, until the death of the Mediator, which was after the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. So John was the last Old Testament prophet. He was quoting from or alluding to Leviticus chapter 18, verse number 16, where it says, Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. It is thy brother's nakedness. Now, the scriptures also tells us that John had rebuked Herod for other things as well. Not only that, and I'm sure, but that's the one that probably caught Herodias's wife, Herodias Philip's ex-wife the most and probably angered her the most, which encouraged her to want John the Baptist dead. Um, nothing worse than the scorn of a woman. Uh, but John had rebuked Herod for other things in Luke 3.19. But Herod the Tetrarch being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done. So apparently... John was certainly a thorn in the side of Herod and certainly his wife Herodias. Now, verse number five, and when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. So Herodias, Herodias was like one of our politicians today, he stuck his finger to find out which way the winds were blowing. And he decided it's not a good idea to put him to death. Now, he would have done it a whole lot sooner if he wouldn't, wouldn't have been afraid of the multitude because the multitude regarded John as a prophet. He also apparently, if we read the scriptures, he had a strange bit of an infatuation with John as well because in Mark chapter 6, verse number 20, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and he heard him gladly. So Herod had this tenuous relationship with John. So he knew what John was saying was true, but he was married to a woman that hated him and he had questioned his authority in front of everybody. So it was a tenuous relationship. This fear that Herod had for John was not just Herod alone. Even the religious leaders, the Bible tells us, were afraid of John. In Matthew chapter number 21 and verse number 23, it says, And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And he gave, and who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto him, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or men? And they reason with themselves saying, if we will say from heaven, he will say unto us, why did ye not believe him? 
But if we shall say, see, they're, they're politicians. But if we say of men, we fear the people for all hold John as a prophet. So John was feared, but strangely respected by Herod. Now, in verse number six, this is when Herod does something foolish and he corners himself. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them. And it pleased Herod. Uh, Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, see, mother's behind the scenes, said, Give me John the Baptist's head in a charger. So here we see that Herodias' daughter danced at Herod's birthday party. And it was no doubt a sensual dance. There were men present. Okay. And it pleased Herod and it pleased his guests. As a reward for her and most likely arrogance in front of his guests, he promised to reward her with whatever she wanted. Kind of reminds me of Daniel in the Old Testament when the king had made a decree, but he liked Daniel, but had to kill Daniel anyway because of his decree. Reminds me of that. So Herod, in his arrogance, makes a promise to her, and she goes to her mother, and at her mother's request, says, I want the head of John the Baptist. Now, in verse number nine, and the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded her to it to be given her and he sent and beheaded john in prison and his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel and she brought it to her mother you know just a little bit of etymology of words here damsel is a young single female a dame a dom was uh, an older married female and she brought it to her mother and his disciples came and took up the body buried it and went and told jesus now obviously herod was exceedingly sorry for her request but because he had promised her in front of his guest and he didn't want to lose face he went ahead and commanded john to be killed beheaded and brought and presented to his stepdaughter she was the child of herodias and philip um who in turn took it and gave it to her mother. Not exactly the Brady Bunch here. Then his disciples came and properly disposed of the body. Now, as for Herod, his end was not well. History tells us that his brother Agrippa, famous Agrippa, later accused him of treason against Rome and banished him to Gaul. And it was there that he and Herodias committed suicide together. So did not that little party did not end well in the long run. Now, let's uh, finally look at a little bit of prophetic significance here. John was the forerunner of Christ at his first advent. Elijah will be the forerunner of Christ at his second advent. But notice in Matthew, in the New Testament, they asked John, are you Elijah? Because they too were looking at that prophecy in Malachi. Jesus puts a funny twist on this that kind of, uh, if you don't pay attention to it, 
uh, you won't understand what's going on. In Matthew chapter number 11, verse 11, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if ye will receive it, this is Elijah, which was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, John could have, would have, should have been the fulfillment of Malachi and been the Elijah that was bringing the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But Jesus here is saying in chapter number 11, you rejected him, you killed him and you will kill me. So what that means for you and me is that the kingdom was legitimately offered. And so many in the church miss this today. And I talk to people that are in movements that I've been involved in, and this just seems to go over their heads. John Christ literally came, offered the kingdom. John could have been the fulfillment of Malachi, but because he was rejected, Christ was rejected. The kingdom was removed from the table. And yet I hear people talking about how that we are in the kingdom. We're not in the kingdom. The kingdom was rejected. And then I hear people kind of rationalize it and say, well, it's here, but not yet. So what does that mean? And I think that is what has led to so much confusion in the body of Christ, where we use words like kingdom, but we're not in the kingdom. We, we say we're building the kingdom. How are you building the kingdom? The kingdom's not here. The kingdom has nothing to do with Gentiles. The kingdom is a Jewish kingdom. It is the fulfillment of the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants of which the Gentile was not a part of. The kingdom was offered from a Jewish Messiah to a Jewish people. It's a Jewish kingdom. And I think that is what has led to so much confusion in the body of Christ. And the more I study it, the more it makes sense to me. So much of the division between, you know, the gifts of the spirit and the organization of the church is because we do not understand that the kingdom is not here. We are in the age of grace, the church, the kingdom was offered. It was rejected. And when Elijah does come in Revelation, the Lord will bring, come back in his second advent and the Lord will bring in the kingdom, but we're not in the kingdom now. A lot of bad doctrine results as a misunderstanding of that. And then finally, just a few similarities between John and Elijah. As John, as John was killed, so will Elijah be killed. Now, remember Elijah in his first life, uh, he was taken up in a chariot. Okay, he never suffered death. Uh, but in Revelation chapter number 11, there are two witnesses that are going to come onto the scene. And I believe that one of those witnesses is none other than Elijah. Why? Because Elijah has to come. Okay, when is he going to come? You know, Kingdom Now theologians have a problem with this because they think we're in it already. Well, John the Baptist was killed. He was rejected. He was not the Elijah that was to come. Elijah will come. 
in Revelation chapter number 11 and verse number 7. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war with them. This is the two prophets, the two witnesses of which I believe to be Moses and Elijah. Both of them, another study for another day, um, strains deaths. I mean, Moses went up on the mountain. The Lord took him. The devil fought with Michael over his body. Elijah taken up by a chariot. So we see here that they're both killed. John the Baptist in the Gospels, Elijah again in Revelation chapter number 11. Also, there was a party before John's death, and there will be a party after Elijah's death. Of course, Herod had the party. Herodias' daughter danced before John's death. And in Revelation chapter number 11, verse number 10, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt upon the earth. And then the third thing, John was thought to have risen from the dead by Herod, obviously, because of his guilty conscience. But Elijah will raise from the dead. In Revelation chapter 11, verse number 11, and after three days and a half, the spirit of the, of, the, of the life of God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. And then finally, similarity between John and Elijah, just as Rome was involved in the death of John, so Rome will be involved in the death of Elijah, um, the revived Roman Empire is what I'm referring to in the last days, which will be headed by none other than the Antichrist. As Herod put John to death, so the Antichrist will put Elijah to death. So interesting study. Next time we're together, we'll look at verses 13 through 21 and the feeding of the 5,000. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of guest speaking, conferences, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you.